Welcome back to Four of a Kind Podcast, where you will learn from real-life experiences of amazing women and male allies, too, who support our mission to increase women's representation in business leadership. You will hear from founders, investors, startups, corporate leaders, and our own journeys, too. We want this podcast to empower you to go start that business, take that big job, and do it with confidence. So join us and exciting guests, and let's figure out what we can do to get there. Hi, everyone. This is Kelsey. I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Ashley Connell. Ashley is the CEO and founder of Prowess Project and has a pretty interesting, but not surprising once you hear it, story for how she came up with the idea for the company. She's passionate about Prowess Project's mission, and we're excited to share her story on today's podcast. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to the podcast. Y'all, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. If you can tell, Ashley's from Texas. <laughs> we are also joined by one of my co-hosts today, Michelle Chia. Thanks, Kelsey. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening today. And Ashley, let's just dive right in. Can you tell us about your background and what your career between UT Austin and Pre-Prowse Project entailed? Absolutely. So I started my career doing tech marketing for a startup in Austin, and it was a small IT company. I was employee number 30 and the first real executor on the marketing team. And so it was funny. They called me the guinea pig. They would just give me all the projects and I was the person to either either figure out like, hey, they're going to fail or, hey, this is going to be the next best thing since sliced bread. So that was my role for four years. And then they moved me over to London to open up their UK office. So I was over there for two years, best two years of my life. Just fantastic. I would go back to London in a heartbeat. But then decided wanted to come back to Texas, then bounce around to another, a couple other IT companies, and then decided, you know what, I'm doing a bunch of IT marketing, but I want to work for myself. So then started a marketing consultancy with two other people. And that's where the story gets interesting. <laughs> All right. Dot, dot, dot. Yes. Um, but it also sounds, I share your love of London. So shout out London. <laughs> right. Yeah. I lived there when I was younger. So I always think like one day, go back, live there. <laughs> one day. One day. One day. So now to the interesting part. Yeah. So here I was at a, this marketing consultancy that I helped start. And I took a step back and I was like, what do I want to do with my life? What am I really passionate about? And what has been bothering me in the first 15 years of my career? And I realized that... I was extremely passionate about gender equality in the workforce. And then I also realized that in all of this time that I had been fighting tooth and nail to progress my career, I had this background noise, if you will, and background anxiety about what having a child would do to my career once that time came. And I realized thinking back that I made a bunch of decisions because of that fear and there there really wasn't a solution. It was either stop working or, <laughs> or be the working mom who feels guilty all the time. And I wanted to find a solution. 
So I realized that all of this was happening. And during this time, one of our partners asked his wife to come in and help us. So her name was Leah and I got to know her. This woman is phenomenal. She has two degrees in counseling, was number one salesperson at Merck, taught herself bookkeeping, taught herself graphic design, and then she took three years off to raise her two children. She was in her second year of trying to get back into the workforce and all she could get were free internships. And uh -huh. I, yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is my worst fear realized. So of course I started doing a ton of digging and according to Harvard Business Review, if a woman's out for just three years, she loses 37% of her total compensation power for the rest of her life. We actually had a guest on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, or well, it might have been in the fall, Erin, and her company was started essentially around the exact same point that you just mentioned, that in terms of earning power, there's this gap that women don't even know. There's such a large percentage of population needs to prepare for this. Yes. And I think her solution is on one side of it, which is how do you financially prepare yourself for life as a woman, given all the things that could potentially happen, this being one of them. And what you've done is the solution on the other side, specifically around if you do leave the workforce, how do you come back in and what does that look like and what are the options along that spectrum? So anyway, it's funny, all coming together. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I say all the time, we need as many people as possible in this whole returnship, gender gap world. We got a lot, a lot of work to do. Um, but to give y'all an overview of what Prowess Project is, so... Prowess Project helps companies find expert talent. The way that we do that is we vet and certify accomplished women who took a pause in their career. So whether that was to take care of children, whether that take care of parent, whether that is just needing to take a step back from a very strenuous job to work more remote, we take those women and they go through a 16 hour certification. We also built out technology that matches these women with jobs based on not only their skill and expertise, but also their personality style and communication style and learning style. And so we really have a well-rounded natural fit from the very beginning, which lowers costs for the hiring manager in the back end. That's such an amazing idea because it solves not just your passion project, which is to help women return to the workforce, but there's also this macroeconomic idea of decreasing populations or decreasing working populations. How do we continue to supplement that as the global economy and the workforce shifts in a lot of the developed countries? And so I think it's very interesting that you're not only solving this, this mismatch between skill set and job offers for women who may lose a million dollars over the course of their careers because of that, just that gap that you had initially identified, but then also this, that other macroeconomic problems, you've created a solution for that. And how can we promote that solution? Because it's a really great idea. Well, thank you. I, I really, really appreciate that. And it's interesting because a lot of women, when they go to start companies, well, men or women, doesn't matter, go to start companies, it's because of a problem that they had. Well, I, I don't have children yet. So the way that I look at this is I'm solving my future problem. 
Once I do have children, I want this middle ground where I can work 20 hours a week from my house, but also do pick up or whatever that looks like. But when I was starting Prowess Project, my main lens was from the hiring manager's point of view, because that's the actual experience that I'd have managing and building teams. And so before we even got started, I really did want to solve those two problems for those individual audiences. First, the women returning to the workforce and second, the hiring managers. So I went out and interviewed a hundred of each and I wanted to figure out from the women, what are your barriers to entry? Why is it so hard to go back to work after you took time off? And I heard two main things. First, number one barrier to entry for women to get back into the workforce is confidence, which Mm. absolutely blew my mind. And then the second major theme that we kept hearing over and over again is, hey, it's so intimidating to get back into the workforce in general once you've been out for three years, but there's not a place where one place where I can get resources, I can upskill, I can get certification, I can get community and match with jobs all at once. And so that's what we we really went out to build. So then that's on the women returning side. So then I went to the hiring managers and I said, hey, what do you hate about the current hiring process? And I heard interviewing takes way too long. I heard I get way too many resumes and it's really hard to find the right fit. And then I heard the onboarding process takes way too long as well. So then asked, okay, well, what about this population of moms returning to the workforce? How do you feel about hiring them? And they said, "Uh, you know, I'd love to, but they have a gap in their technology knowledge and they have a gap in their industry knowledge. So again, all of that information put that together to build out that 16 hour certification that we have our women go through to enter the job pool. So half of it is confidence, goal setting, communication, listening, managing uh, difficult team dynamics. And then the other side is project management, best practices. What is the latest technology? How do you work remote? What are the latest industry trends? So the women come out of this certification well-rounded on both of the quote unquote IQ skills as well as EQ skills. I love that combination. I think actually Michelle was talking about the application more in terms of as workforce changes. And I was thinking just purely the idea that you might also develop the EQ and figure out matching from a personality standpoint and not just a skill standpoint. That is something that should be for anyone, not just for women re-entering the workforce. And I, I find that so fascinating that you've added that. And I wonder what their reaction is you get from HR counterparts yeah. or the employers. So it's interesting. And th- I feel like this is always how it goes with the uh, entrepreneur. You start off doing one thing and then you realize that you're in a completely different yeah. industry entirely, right? Yeah. That's exactly how I felt feel with our algorithm is, okay, there's a lot of dating services out there. Why are we not using that technology and that frame of mind and putting it into jobs when, let's be real, a lot of the times you spend more time with your coworkers than you do your actual family. And so we really are trying to build out this cross between a job marketplace and almost like a dating app and obviously a different types of relationship. This is professional relationships, but 
with all the background that my business partner has, Leah, the woman I was speaking about in the beginning with the counseling backgrounds, she has helped us build this out that really takes the data behind personality indicators and helps the hiring managers figure out, okay, you have a very dominant personality you need someone who's going to be much more steady to help you really get stuff done. Proven to be extremely successful. And as far as the results from the algorithm, it's crazy what we're finding. So because we do so much I won't even say matching, but so much digging and understanding the people from the very beginning when it comes to emotional intelligence, behavior stylists, et cetera. It's only taking about three, let's call it man hours of the hiring manager's time to go from discovery call to hire with Prowess Project. Whereas usually it takes closer to 24 days. Yeah. So it's, yeah, that is, that's me. Right. Yeah. So we're seeing all of this success and really diving into that a ton. Like I said, that's the part of it that I really geek out on. (laughs) I I love that you have hard numbers around even soft skill matching. That's like a softer thing, but like you have so many data points and that's really informative of how successful that matching process will be. I wanted to pivot a little bit to your relationship with the Founders Institute. I'm wondering if that's something that interested them and helped formulate the relationship that you have with them. Yes. So I started with Founder Institute, which is more of an incubator, I would call it, than an accelerator. And what an incubator is in in my, my mind is I went to Founder Institute and had an idea. Within the four months of that incubator, we worked 40, 60 hour weeks on really solving this problem. And by the end, I walked out with an incorporated company. Whereas an accelerator, typically you have your product market fit figured out and you just need to figure out how to scale your business in a much more efficient way. Whereas incubator is, I would say, much before. How did you find the Founders Institute and... How did you identify the framework that you wanted to work through? Tell us and the audience a little bit about that experience in the process. Yes, absolutely. So I would love to say that it was very calculated and I'd love to say that I did a ton of research. However, that is not the case. Um, (laughs) Like other things in life. That's okay. Take advantage of the opportunities when they arise. That was exactly it. It was really interesting. So with the marketing consultancy that I had, we lost our whale of a client. One afternoon, I get the call, hey, we don't need you anymore. And that morning, I had had the idea about Prowse Project. Oh, wow. And, you know, that's like one of those, oh my gosh, I got goosebumps, got to go after it thing. And then the next day, met a friend from middle school. (laughs) who is the Founder Institute lead in Austin. I was explaining to him this business idea, crazy business idea I had because it was literally just an idea. And he's like, Ashley, have you heard of Founder Institute? I run it. And all of these things just kept happening. And it really felt like it was happening for a reason. And I was the person to bring this all to life. So I just kept following my gut. I really do feel like it it was harder when I resisted to not continue to build Prowess Project than it was to actually do it. 
That's really interesting. Have you ever listened to the podcast, How I Built This? Oh, yeah. NPR, yeah, a popular one. <laughs> a little more popular than ours, but um, yes. at the end, at the end, he always asks if you think your success was attributed to luck or to skill and hard work. And I mean, everyone always has a very similar answer because I think it, everyone's working incredibly hard, but sometimes these opportunities come along and it's one, learning how to spot them and listening to your gut and taking them. And Exactly. You know. Very, very lucky and fortunate. So <laughs> let's yeah. be real clear. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It sounds like it worked out from a timing standpoint and... I'm wondering, maybe we can share more information about the Founders Institute in our show notes so that if any of our listeners have an idea that they want to explore a little bit further, they have a platform and a framework to follow. And Absolutely. I would love to. It's an international incubator. So they're throughout the world. I would love to share it. Awesome. Well, as you were, you went through Founders Institute, um, it sounds like that's a place where you're still pretty early in the process, but you have some support. You have a, a community, I assume, of other founders, but also maybe some other resources there to help you get started. But once you were up and running, what are some of the challenges you had to work through that were somewhat unexpected or things that you think are helpful to flag? Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting. I say all the time that our most precious resource is time. And I really didn't know how true that was until this first year of Prowess Project and how how picky you should be with your time and what you're doing with it when it comes to who you are spending time with or meeting with. I'm so grateful for all of the people who sat down and had coffees with me and lunches and what have you to work through all of Prowess Project. But I would say that early entrepreneurs, it is so key to have some sort of nest egg or savings saved up from the very beginning and have much more than you think you'll need because there's all of these little expenses along the way or just the expenses that you have to live and it always takes three times as long. And I think I was very naive when I went into it and thought that everything would fall into place so quickly or I was going to beat the odds. And quite frankly, that's not the case at all. If you look at just funding for women entrepreneurs, they get 2%. And that's something that really needs to sink in. And I'm one of those people who are like, oh, I'm going to beat it. And I do think everyone who is listening to this podcast, if they want to be an entrepreneur and are a woman, absolutely, you can beat it. But know that that's going to come with some time challenges. And I think a lot of this is to say just being educated and aware of some of these things, like doesn't mean you can't do it, but it's just... And, you know, as people like yourself go through it and can share like that in itself is so valuable. And speaking of time for you to take the time, I know is hopefully paying dividends down the road to listeners or whoever, but that's a great point. As you were also going through these challenges, did you have any go-to people for advice or tours you looked up to or someone you could bounce ideas off of at least one step removed from the business itself? Yes. And another shout out to Founder Institute on this. They forced us to build an advisory board and come up with a cadence that we would work with them. 
So I have an advisory board of five people, each who are experts in their field, whether that is marketing, just overall business strategy, technology, finance, and investing. And so we built out contracts that say, hey, you have a small portion of the business and what you will give Prowess Project is two to five hours of your time each month. And whether that is one-on-one meetings with me or whether that is advisory monthly meetings, just checking up on how everything is progressing. I think that that's really key. I feel like as a founder, sometimes it's really easy to quote unquote slip on your goals because you're not reporting to anyone. But the way that I see it is I'm reporting to all of my advisors. And so I don't want to let them down. I don't want to fall short of what I tell them that I'm going to do. And so in front of all of them, I make promises and have to come back the next month and say where we are on that. That has truly been key. Absolutely key. That's a great idea. And I don't know if we've heard that on prior episodes before, but that's a really good point. Not only are you looking to set goals very early on that are realistic to ensure the the success of your organization, but you also need to have someone keep you accountable because you can set goals, but if no one keeps you accountable, then who cares, right? I mean, you care, obviously, but it's really important to have that checks and balances built in. And so since inception, it sounds like you've been up and running for over a year now. Sort of milestones have you hit that you're really excited about and what milestones are you really excited to hit very shortly? Oh, I, this is such a great question. I love this. Um, because I, I don't really brag on myself and Prowess Project as much as you would think you would as a CEO. So, brag away! Yes! yes. <laughs> so exciting. Um, it's not bragging. It's just telling us the facts. I mean, you're exactly right. And <laughs> with a company like Prowess Project, let me tell you, it has been a village because really it's all about the talent pool. And so this isn't necessarily a milestone per se. I'll get into that in a second. But the moment that I was like, wow, this is amazing and I am never going to quit was when after one of our certification cohorts, there were two women who lived about three hours away from each other in Florida. They set up time to meet halfway and and grab lunch, dinner, coffee, a day together because they enjoyed each other's company so much through Prowess Project. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is what it's about. Like, yes, it's about business, but it's, it, but it's so much more about empowering women and creating those connections and creating that confidence. So that was just a huge moment for me. As far as milestones in the traditional sense, I am so excited to say that within our first year, we are profitable. Wow. That's like, (laughs) yes, a billboard. I know. Believe me, all my investor decks, I just like, I want to have one slide that just says profitable. Thanks. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) So That's been fantastic. We're seeing about 30% growth month over month in revenue. We were featured in Forbes. We had a fantastic article written about us. And it's so funny, like as a CEO, and even though my background's marketing, 
I feel like one of the hardest parts is messaging to other people what you do. And I always say this, it's so hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle. And that's how I feel all the time. And so it was amazing to have a journalist write out what Prowess Project is and how it's changing the world and all the technology behind it and all the potential. I had all of these friends and family and people that I haven't talked to in ages send me messages being like, oh my gosh, I get it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. And so it's it's those little things and you learn and you tweak messaging. But that was that was a huge win for us this year. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, one more thing. (laughs) And we were just named one of the top 50 startups to watch in Austin from Built in Austin. So really, really excited about that as well. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So what, if you can tell us, what's next or what's the near, your near term goals for the business? So one thing about being a for-profit company that has a social mission is a lot of times people assume that you're more of a do-gooder than a businesswoman. And it's no fault of their own. It's just an assumption that I've dealt with time and time again. And so what what we do is we have business goals as well as social impact goals. And so I'm going to start with the business goals, uh, we want to triple our revenue for 2020. We Obviously, we have a plan to do that. Um, and then we've been starting with smaller companies getting into those. And we want to reach hiring managers more in the 100 to six, 700 employee companies, because we feel like we can really help specifically with coverage during parental leave. Many men and women now are having four, six month parental leave. And a lot of the time the work falls on the rest of the team, but then they can't get their own work done. So even having someone who works 10 hours a week just to pull the projects through is proving to be extremely helpful for obviously the company, obviously the hiring manager, but also the the man or woman who is on parental leave. They just have this ease that everything is taken care of at the company. So there's that as far as the business side goes. And then as far as the mission, as you can imagine, I we get all the time these horror stories from women on why they they would like to join our talent pool and why they want to go through our certification. And to keep the lights on, our certification, like I said, 16 hours, you get career coaching, comes with a price tag of $500. And there's a lot of women, whether they are going through divorce, illness, don't have autonomy in their family funds, what have you, they can't pay that amount. So now what we're going to do is going to companies to see if we can build a scholarship program for these women. So, hey, totally understand you can't pay for this. We have a scholarship brought to you by XYZ company, XYZ person to help you get back into the workforce because we really want to eliminate as many barriers as possible. And that's including the price. That's awesome. Very exciting. I think the- The payment piece is interesting. I was listening to something recently on what the future of student loans looks like. What are the ideas around that? Because it's, you know, upfront payment for future benefit. 
And yeah. sometimes that upfront payment can be hard. Like we have mortgages for homes. Right. Same idea. Like part, how can you partner into your point, you know, partnering with the organizations that will benefit from this exactly. you know, new part of the workforce is really interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love that idea too. So Ashley, before we wrap this up, what advice, in addition to everything else that you've already shared, would you give to our listeners who may be a few steps behind you in this whole startup process? Great question. And the first thing that came to, to mind is get to know your customer. And I feel like people say that all the time, but what does that really mean? I am in the process now of figuring out what that is. We, we know who our talent is, but finding the hiring managers who have the problem of getting stuff done, that's who we're looking for now. And one thing that has been extremely helpful is conducting problem interviews. So coming up with a persona of someone and setting up 15, 30 minute calls with 10 of them and going through the exact same questions with each one and figuring out at the end what themes you're hearing over and over again. Because what is so key in marketing is that you use the words that you're hearing, the words that they're saying to talk about their problem in your marketing. And then they're like, oh, wow, this company gets me. I'll say another thing about these problem interviews. And this is this is something I fell into my first round of doing these problem interviews where just remember you're not selling this person. You're just asking questions. You're not asking follow-up class questions to get them to say a yes. It's just information. And I feel like a lot of the times entrepreneurs get so excited about what they're doing, which I totally get that that they try and sell the person that they're talking to and no one wants to call your baby ugly. So then they just go along with, yeah, sure. Of course I would buy that. And then that's flawed data. And so it really is key to come up with a list of unbiased questions and even check it with someone who has done this before and say, Hey, does this make sense? And honestly, I don't know if that ever stops doing these problem interviews. We're on our fourth different persona of just trying to figure out, what problem we're we're truly solving. And there's lots. (laughs) So I I highly, highly recommend investing time in that. That's great. I was just talking with someone last week about applying design thinking to business strategy. I think it's the same thing, like getting to that, who is your customer with a process that originally was applied to prototyping of, you know, minimum viable product for a physical good. But how do you do that with something that either a thought or... A service rather than a specific product. There's so many interesting tools out there. Anyway, I spent, I went really deep on Google on <laughs> looking at all the different fancy post-it note softwares you can use for these brainstorms. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs fall into the pit of building it without a cu- their customer asking for it. And that just takes up a ton of time and money. So really make sure that you have a demand before you invest. Could be years and tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars in whatever you're doing. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. Great advice. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I know I learned a ton and I'm sure our listeners did too. And to that end, if our listeners are interested in learning more about Prowess Project or following you on Instagram, getting in touch, where can they find more information? Absolutely. So we are prowessproject.com and we are our handle on every social media is at Prowess Project. 
Awesome. And we will include that in our show notes. So thanks again, Ashley. This was amazing. Listeners, thank you also for tuning in today. Check out the details from today's episode in the show notes. And if you'd like to reach us, feel free to send us an email at fourofakindpodcast at gmail.com with four spelled out F-O-U-R. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Four of a Kind Podcast for the latest news and updates. And lastly, don't forget to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. And have a great weekend, everyone. Bye. Bye.